Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. John Council. That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. That's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. I'll tell you, a pretty good way to start the show, um, uh, first of all, with the tune. Do you like the tunage? I like the tunage. Um, and, you know, you do have a say on what I do on this program. You really do, okay? I mean, I, I, I very take your feedback very seriously. Uh, uh, I have an emailer named Eric who uh, uh, sent me a really good email last week. And stink if he hasn't done it again this week, just before we went to air. And I'll start off with that in a second. But it is Ask the Pastor on Late Night Council. It's open line. And uh, whatever you want to talk about, I'm going to do my best to give you the biblical take on things, the faith perspective on things. And if you're calling from the capital region, that is, oh, that would be Ottawa, Gatineau, Buckingham, uh, Embrun, Verdon, Arnprior, 343-743-90. Richmond, that's 343-743-90 is the capital region phone number. Open line, open topic, all the way to 11 o'clock with that Ask the Pastor spin to it. 343 743390 is the number to call in the capital region. If you're calling from all across this wonderful, beautiful, blessed, and, you know, still basking in, in uh, you know, a, a, a modicum of freedom here and there, uh, if you're calling from, I don't know, Funny River, Alaska, if you're calling from uh, Whitehorse, Yukon, you Canadians know where that is, or if you're calling from Loose Creek, Missouri, or Monkey's Eyebrow, Kentucky, one 844 That's one 844 Four seven six six. That's the toll free number that gets you in just as easy as the as the three four three number. Pretty cool, huh? And of course, you can email me. It's got to be under six lines, like Eric's is under six lines. Uh, JC at late night council.com. That's JC at late night council.com. And you can tweet at me at JW Council. And of course, I'll get your Twitter handle out there, and uh, we'll get a lot more people. F- following you and you'll be you'll be famous and uh, you won't you won't know, know what to do with all the recognition 3437403390 in the capital region 18445624766 is uh the long distance number now um I, I, this is about the fourth show now where I've asked somebody to call in who has seen the movie The Shack okay and off air I'm still getting mixed reaction you know People that go to see The Shack are usually people that, like, really like the book, okay? Anybody that didn't like the book or anybody that has theological issues with the book, they usually, they're not going to see the movie. So I would suggest that, you know, anybody that has seen the movie The Shack and you want to call in and, and I, I've been, I, look it, I'm not going to put you on the spot, okay? I'm not one of these people that thinks you're, you belong to a cult if you go see The Shack. I personally enjoyed The Shack, but I do have some questions and, and I want to talk to somebody who's actually seen it. I have not talked to anybody that's actually seen The Shack. Actually, I, I, I got to tell the truth. I have. I have talked to a couple of people now who really, 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 really like it. 
but I didn't get into it with them like I would like to get into it with somebody who's going to call the show here. So uh, if you've seen the movie The Shack, it's been up for about three weeks now, um, I, I want to talk to you. Uh, 343-700-4390, Capital Region, 1-844-562-4766. If you're calling from uh, one of those exotic uh, places that, you know, I, I, I like to mention uh, during the course of the show. Um, now, uh, last week I talked to you about, and, and I really recommend, if you can find this, it's not on Netflix, it's not on one of the, or Crave or, you know, Hoodoo is whatever they have in the States and, uh, and HBO. Uh, you got to go looking for it. The copy I saw of this movie was borrowed from a library, okay? Uh, but it's not on YouTube, okay? Like, that's, that's copyright infringement. When they find out that movies are on YouTube, uh, you know, uh, they're either put up there uh, illegally or somebody has paid, you know, a pretty uh, hefty licensing fee. Uh, to put that uh, video up there, and it's not on YouTube, but I told you, I talked a lot about the movie G-Dog last week. I saw it for the second time Friday night because I had 20 people over to my home to see it. Yeah, that's the kind of flick this is. It's it's really, really, really good, and I love the discussion it starts, and I love the impact it has on people, and uh, I'm not weird this way, but, you know, it's a good flick. I kind of... I kind of don't mind watching people cry when they see this thing. It's a documentary. It's about a Catholic priest... And what he did in, in, uh, in the, the toughest gang uh, uh, section of uh, uh, East Los Angeles, terrific story, and uh, uh, can't recommend it enough. That's why I'm mentioning it again. Now, if you follow me on Twitter or if you go to the Late Night Council Facebook page, you get a bit of an up, you get a bit of a heads up on, on what I'm going to talk about on the program, like I gave you a heads up uh, tonight uh, with a, a few stories that uh, kind of caught my eye intrigued me somewhat and um boy i i i i don't like hypocrites i really don't i i got a real you know i'm supposed to love my you know i don't have any enemies and uh um and i'm supposed to love them but uh you know people that uh, are hypocritical people that you know say one thing and do another or you know they go after people for, you know, uh, their sins when their own sins, uh, you know, are worse than the people that they're going after. And uh, uh, have you been following this story about Mike Pence? Who's Mike Pence? Oh, you're so Canadian. Mike Pence is the new vice president down in the States, okay? Now, most Canadians, you don't like Donald Trump because, you know, you've been, you know, raised on a diet of CBC since you were a little kid. And, and uh, you know, that's another topic that probably isn't appropriate to talk on Ask the Pastor. But this one is, Okay. Mike Pence is uh, the vice president. Mike Pence, as crazy as it sounds, got in trouble from mainstream media, which, are, of course, are the paragons of virtue. I mean, I know, you know, when you, grow, when you tell your kids, you know, you want them to grow up like uh, so many of, uh, you know, the personalities that populate uh, the world of mainstream media. Mainstream media raked this guy over the coals because, because it got out that he wasn't going to meet with a certain public official because he doesn't meet alone for dinner with a female, anybody but his wife. And, and mainstream media, well, you know what? I, I came across this article that says it way better than me, okay? And it points out the hypocrisies, and it points out, you know, just the, uh, uh, the ridiculousness of this and how much our culture has sunk from, you know, being semi-virtuous to being downright immoral. And, and uh, the guy that wrote this, it doesn't have the author, but the, the website, if you want to go check out this guy's website, it's uh, called I Like My Coffee Black. Now, I didn't get it at I Like My Coffee Black because 
I don't know, a website with that title does, it doesn't appeal to me, but I do go to ChristianPost.com uh, often, and it was reprinted on Christian Post. And this is beautiful. If you know anything about, what this, about this story, well, I'm going to inform you about the story and what the reaction has been, because the reaction is just absolutely ridiculous. An article came out in the Washington Post about, vice presidents, about the vice president's wife. The article revealed how disturbingly deviant Mike Pence really is. He said, hide the children's eyes, it's horrifying, he doesn't dine alone with a woman other than his wife. Some people got the vapors over this. Here are a few choice tweets. And I have seen worse this th- than this on Twitter, okay? So w- when this guy gives you a, an example of the tweets that went out there and the public reaction, and not just from the Twitterverse, but from mainstream media as well, I've, I've heard and read worse than this, okay? Here's a sample. I wonder what happened that led to these rules. Sounds like someone who knows he has no self-control. God spare us the Jesus freaks. Would love to see what's hiding inside Pence's closet. He is extremely creepy. Just makes my flesh crawl. American Taliban. That's the reaction this guy gets because he doesn't dine alone with a woman other than his wife. Okay? The consensus of the left, because that's where a lot of this is coming from, is that Mike Pence and every Christian is part of the He-Man Woman Haters Club, a reference to an episode of The Little Rascals in the 30s where the little kids got together and they decided to form a club called the He-Man Woman Haters Club, and, you know, people have referenced that for decades. But I, I digress. I continue. In response to all of that craziness, here's a great tweet. Bill Clinton never dines alone with his wife. Who's really crazy? Now, most people don't know this, and uh, thank God there's a few people in mainstream media and in uh, less mainstream media, you know, the kind of media that I uh, uh, peruse because it seems to be much more reliable once you uh, uh, take the time to uh, ferret the garbage out and look for the stuff that, you know, uh, has a foundation that uh, may be uh, somewhat based in truth. Billy Graham had a similar rule. Billy Graham. No one has ever accused him of being a member of the He-Man Woman Haters Club or having an affair. Cal Thomas, a commentator, I have a couple books of his, said years ago, the Puritans may have had some problems, but AIDS was not one of them. Rick Warren, author of uh, um, one of the top ten selling books of all time, not just in the last hundred years, The Purpose Driven Life, has been preaching this for years. Doesn't have, you know, he won't let us, well, I'll stick to the article. From his Ten Commandments to help staff maintain moral purity, the first two, which don't apply to singles, are, thou shalt not go to lunch alone with the opposite sex, two, thou shalt not have the opposite sex pick you up or drive you places when it's just the two of you. Too much purity. Nah, that's not our problem today. Not enough adultery. No one's claiming this is our problem. We need more divorces, said no one ever, except for maybe divorce lawyers. In marriage, in marriage, again, I quoted the article, in marriage, you've got a great thing. What's so great about it, you ask? Here comes the biblical perspective. I mean, it is asked the pastor, so I've got to kind of stick to the framework here. Genesis 2.24 Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. 
one flesh. That is great news if you're like me, and I can identify with this guy, believe me. I married way above my station, and because my wife and I are one flesh on the day we were married, I instantly became a much, much, much better person because I'm part her. Yay, me. And marriage is such a great gift that God wants you to pull a Mike Pence and do whatever is necessary to protect it. Genesis 2.24 says a man should be united to his wife. Be united is so tame. That's what it says in the NIV, the New International Version. It sounds wussified to me. Wussified. See definition here. It's really good. It doesn't suit the need of the day. King James Version, and it's closer to the original Hebrew on this as well. The King James says that a man should cleave to his wife, which is a better action word. But no one today knows what it means since it's a 16th century word. The English Standard Version says, hold fast. That's an action word. Hold fast. So God says, hold fast to that wife. Hold fast to that spouse. Cleave to them. What Billy Graham, Rick Warren, and Mike Pence know is one of the best ways to hold fast to a marriage is to make sure you don't ever put yourself in a compromising position. Almost nobody ever says, when I get married, I want to commit adultery. Yet somehow, millions commit adultery every day. Why? Because it's much easier to cheat than to celebrate your 50th wedding anniversary. That's a good line. You know, that's not my line, but it's good. I'm going to read it again. Have you got that? Why is it? Why is it that millions commit adultery every day? Because it's much easier to cheat than it is to celebrate your 50th wedding anniversary. You ever been to a 50th wedding anniversary party? I have several. I've even been to 60th wedding anniversaries. They're some of the most wonderful experiences I've ever had. And then he gets a little preachy at the end here, but it's not bad. I like it. So hold fast to your husband or your wife. Not in some weird, controlling, stalker, creeper, abusive kind of way. That's just crazy. But hold fast through the hard times and tempting times. With an understanding of the weaknesses and frailty of all men and women, do whatever is necessary to protect that great gift of oneness and never apologize for that. I mean, our culture is so messed up. Philanderers are heroes, people that are unfaithful, okay? They're portrayed to be, oh, the rogues, you know, they're just real cool. And the faithful and the upright, they're maligned, they're mocked, they're vilified. How many times have you heard me say it on Ask the Pastor, okay, on Late Night Council? We're living in a Romans 1 culture, okay? A Romans 1 culture. Now, not that often do I get explicit and I actually quote what Romans 1 says, but I I need to do it again, okay? The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. I mean, if you're going to portray Mike Pence as a creep because he wants to be faithful to his wife, that's suppressing the truth by by wickedness right there. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. 
Therefore, God gave them over to sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who was forever praised. Most of these people, what do they care about more than anything? Not the Creator. They care about, they care about the created things. Usually it's the planet. Oh, i got to save the planet. Save the planet. Got to save the planet. That's great. Save the planet. The planet doesn't put any moral restrictions on you, does it? planet doesn't tell you how to live. Just sits there. You could kill it if you wanted to, and here they're trying to save it. This is Ask the Pastor on Late Night Council, 343-700-4390. You can call in. You can disagree. You can agree. You can yell and scream. You can laugh. You can cry. You can sing. You can do whatever you want. 343-700-4390 in the capital region. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. I got emails I got to get to. We get back. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. Keep it under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. You can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Now, today is April the 2nd. I got pranked last, yesterday by uh, my son in Woodstock, Ontario. I'm not going to tell you what he did, but he did prank me good. But today is another day. Today is a very special day as well. Today, today, of course, is the first day of baseball season here in good old North America. And I thought I'd, you know, I know it's an Ask the Pastor show, and I know it's Late Night Council, but, you know, because it's the first day of baseball season, I found a tune that I remember hearing, oh, it must be 35, 40 years ago. Do you remember a tune? It, it was called Talking Baseball. I forget what the guy's name was that sang it. But he lists all kinds of players, you know, that played 35 years ago in the 80s. And I kind of got nostalgic because, I don't know, I'm, I'm, baseball is a very pastoral, romantic, wonderful game, you know. And, and I'm delighted baseball season has started again. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a break, and I want you to enjoy. If you've never heard this tune before, I want you to enjoy the tune, Talking Baseball, and uh, we'll be right back after that, taking your calls, answering emails on Late Night Council. It's Ask the Pastor Night. Stay with us. The Wiz Kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. And Yogi read the comics all the while Rock and roll was being born Marijuana we would scorn So down on the corner the national pastime went on trial We're talking baseball Klazuski, Campanella Talking baseball The man and Bobby Feller The scooter, the barber and the nuke They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque Especially with Mickey and the Duke Well, Casey was winning Hank Aaron was beginning One Robbie going out One coming in Kiner and Midget Goodell The Thumper and Mel Parnell And Ike was the only one Winning down in Washington I'm talking baseball Klazuski, Campanella Talking baseball The man and Bobby Feller the scooter, the barber, and the duke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque. Especially Willie, Mickey, and the duke. Now my old friend, the bachelor, well, he swore he was the Oklahoma kid. And Cookie played hooky 
see the Duke and me. I always loved Willie Mays. Those were the days. Well, now it's the '80s, and bread is the greatest, and Bobby Bonds can play for everyone. Rose is at the vet. Rusty again is a Met, and the great Alexander is pitching again in Washington. I'm talking baseball, like Reggie Quees and Barry. Talking baseball, Carew and Gaylord Perry, Seaver, Garvey, Schmidt, and by the blue. If Cooperstown is calling, it's no fluke. They'll be with Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Now, I, I may have to give you a little bit of translation and uh, uh, maybe a little bit of interpretation of that song there. Say hey, say hey. Willie Mays' nickname was Say Hey Willie. Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Back in the 50s, when kids grew up, there were three major league baseball teams in New York. The New York Giants, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and the New York Yankees. And every kid growing up in New York in the 50s, they would argue endlessly over who was the best center fielder in New York. Mickey, Mickey Mantle, the Duke, Duke Snyder with the Brooklyn Dodgers, and Willie Mays with the New York Giants. Okay? And it would go on and on and on. Of course, Mickey Mantle has gone to be with the Lord. And I can be confident of that because three weeks before he died, and I've got the written uh, 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 testimony by the guy that went in and talked to him, um, he, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And I've used his story at a number of funerals. He joked that, you know, if I knew I was going to die this young, I would have, you know, uh, taken much, much better care of myself. And uh, it was a powerful, powerful testimony of, of Mickey, literally Mickey Mantle repenting of his sins and, and coming to Christ three, four weeks before he died. Um, Duke Snyder, I think, is still alive. He used to do play-by-play -play for the Montreal Expos with uh, Jim Van Horn uh, back in the day. And uh, Willie Mays is still signing baseball cards and going to, you know, memorabilia shows. And, uh, of course, they're all in the Hall of Fame. But that's baseball, okay? It's Ask the Pastor tonight. I know I know. some of you are thinking, what are you talking baseball for? What are you talking about? We want to hear the word. You're going to get the word. You're going to always hear the word. But you need to realize I wouldn't be doing broadcasting online or radio or anywhere, okay, if it was just to talk to people of faith, okay? My whole purpose is to communicate this incredible message of the gospel to people that either have their defenses up against it, and that's most people in our culture. And I want to deal with that with the question that Eric has sent in. Or people that maybe, you know, the only concept of, of God they have is some, you know, dead religion, and they kind of scratch their heads and, and kind of going, what are those people all about? And unfortunately, in North America, the church has not done a very good job of representing the most wonderful message to ever hit the planet. Because we got a culture that's driven by greed. we got a culture that's driven by uh, what the Old Testament refused, uh, uh, referred to as idolatry. The New Testament word for idolatry is greed. Get all you can, can all you get, sit on your can. That's, that's basically, you know, money makes right. 
and uh, whoever dies with the most toys wins. That that's basically what drives North America. That's and no wonder in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, which is a universal message to followers of God, followers of God in the Old Testament, and it it even applies more to followers of Christ in the New Testament. Where the, the, the cry from uh, Solomon, uh, you know, that God says to Solomon, he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways. Now, notice that he says people that are called by my name. In other words, my people. Doesn't want the wicked who have no relationship with God, but the people who say they have a relationship with God. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent of your sin. Humble yourself, repent of your sin, and I will forgive your sin. And I will heal your land. And and I would, and it's not talking about the, the 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 created land. It's talking about it's talking about the culture, the people. Pretty good segue into Eric's uh, email here. The most fascinating book ever. This book is filled with mystery, science, war, murder, incest, teachings, warnings, and supernaturals. The supernatural, giants, angels, fallen angels, hidden codes, and a great sacrifice, etc., etc., plus prophecies made hundreds and thousands of years in advance that come true, proof that, it's, that the book is nonfiction. Yet, Pastor John, most won't read the Bible because they believe it to be boring. I would love to hear what your opinion is in regard to this. Well, I think it's been communicated by people who have not been captured by its dynamite. Now, what do you mean dynamite? Well, I get the word from the Greek word dunamis. From Acts 1.8, where Jesus says to the disciples, just before he ascends up into heaven, you are going to receive power once the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Greek word for power there is dunamis, where we get the word dynamite from. And what happened in Acts 2, when the disciples, the people that were in the upper room, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and a mighty wind came through the room, and cloven tongues of fire were on over their heads, and where they spoke in other tongues, and there were miracles. In fact, the entire book of Acts is a recording. The full title of the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles, and all the amazing, incredible things that happened. Why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had, a, they had a relationship with God. God and following God and Christianity and the Bible wasn't just reading a book and following a code of ethics. No, they, they saw him rise from the dead. They communicated with him. There were over 500 witnesses that, 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 had, that were testimony, gave testimony to the fact. And Jesus, even though, even though he, you know, they had seen he had risen from the dead, he said, look it, I don't want you going anywhere. I want you staying in Jerusalem until the, till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because if you want to transform the world with this incredible, this incredible fact that death no longer holds any sway over people, that you can live forever, that when you die, it's just a, it's just a passing phase and you live on, and he's proof of it, that's just a story unless you've been endued with the supernatural power that he promised in the Holy Spirit. And I really think that people, most churches today, are void of that power. And I'm not talking doctrine now. I'm not talking about you got to believe a certain way. Because I have seen that power of the Holy Spirit manifest in Catholic churches. I've seen it uh, uh, represented in Anglican churches. I've seen it in, in, in just about every denomination where people believe, they really believe that they can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you know the author, and when you're in communication with him, the Bible takes on a whole new meaning. One of the best stories I've ever heard to illustrate it. There's this girl, and in high school, she had to do a book report. Would have been grade 12, grade 11 literature. 
And she had to do a book report on a book, and she just hated the book. Just hated it. Oh, it was just, it was horrible for her. It was a boring, boring, boring book. She couldn't get the plot, couldn't get anything. Just, just didn't like it. But it was a local author in her, it was an American story, in her county that had written the book. And I guess they were proud of this author, and he made some money on it, and he taught at the local university. So, you know, you got to read this book, do a book report. And she just hated it. Got it like a B or a C plus, And, you know, finally passed the course. And she wanted to teach. She wanted to become an English major to teach her. So she goes to university. She's a, a freshman in the, in the, in the you know, it goes through the, you know, the, the, the steps she has to do to, to, to get a, 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 her degree to be a teacher. In her second or third year, lo and behold, who isn't teaching one of her courses? Then, then, the author of this book that she did a book report in high school that she hated because it was so boring. And she takes this guy's class, and she finds out he's, he's quite young, and he's quite fetching. He's, she, she's attracted to him. She has this ridiculous crush on him, as a matter of fact. So she gets a copy of the book, because it's readily available, and she reads that thing once. She reads this thing twice. She reads that thing three times, because she got to know the author, and she kind of had a puppy love girl schoolgirl crush on the guy totally different perspective and she wanted to impress this guy and she ended up absolutely loving the book and doing a full thesis on it and getting a great mark why because now she had a relationship with him got to know the author the bible's like that oh yeah it can be boring it can be really boring but once you get the perspective that, you know, this isn't just a collection of sayings and ethics here. This, this is the real deal here. Then it changes your whole perspective of it. Am I not being explicit enough? Well, call in, 343-700-4390. I don't mind explaining it to you fully. And, and uh, Eric's got a two-parter on this email here, and I want to get to his second part because, in my opinion, it's even better than the first part. So we're going to do that, okay, and I'm going to take a break, and you're going to listen to some very, very important information here, and uh, we can't do the show without this information. So you hang in there. We'll be back in just a, a couple minutes. Stay with us. So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC is on. That's one 844 5624766 Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder.
Late night council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's if you're calling from Cow Bay, Nova Scotia, or I don't know, um, Old Glory, Texas, Florida, New York, or Antlers, Oklahoma. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at latenightcouncil dot com. That's the email address. Keep it under six lines, like Eric did. And you can tweet at me at JW Council. More of Eric's email here. Why is the government passing laws to protect Islam and Muhammad, but they do not protect the name of Jesus? Watch TV. You'll see more and more shows talking in Jesus' name, taking Jesus' name in vain. Government should treat all religions the same and not hold one up above all others. Yeah, that would be that would be like that would be too fair, wouldn't it? That would that would make too much sense, wouldn't it, Eric? I I, I can't believe more people on the left because usually it's the left that scream the loudest about the separation of church and state. And in Canada here, with Bill M103, which is passed, it's not law yet, but it's, it's passed through, the, it's, there's nothing stopping it. And it gives, it gives primacy to Islam above Buddhism, above Hinduism, above Christianity, even above atheism. You cannot criticize Islam. Oh, you can take soiled sanitary napkins and smear them over Catholic churches. You can display art, you know, of uh, the Virgin Mary with uh, uh, feces all over it. You can even charge money to see people of a, see a crucifix suspended in a bottle of urine. Oh, that's no problem because it's it's quite acceptable to to uh, malign Christianity. It's quite acceptable to direct perverted slander and all sorts of vicious attacks against anybody that upholds the Christian faith. In fact, that's not only permitted in Canada, to a great degree, I would say it's encouraged. Try to do that to Islam. Hmm. But that's the government that you voted in, okay? 
your neighbors, your neighbors, you know, they 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 wanted somebody who said the economy will take care of themselves. They they wanted somebody that you know had a last name. They wanted somebody that looked good on camera. It's Romans one, folks. I I, I read it earlier. When you turn your back on God, when you turn your back on, on, on the morality that both our nations, the United States and Canada, were founded on, and think that you can come up with something better. I mean, even changing the definition of marriage that's meant something for all the way back to creation. And the new laws, you know, there's no long-term data on the effect it's going to have on family, on social programs, on crime, on anything. Well, actually, there is some long-term studies. They were done by the University of Texas in 2012. But activists so, were so incensed at the, at the results that were done by uh, uh, the University of Texas that it had to do, it had to do with uh, a study on kids raised in same-sex homes. Because every study was, uh, was done was always the interviews were done with the partners, never with the kids. Well, it's been in practice long enough now that the kids have grown up and they're in their late teens and early 20s. So there's some very, very hard data on how those kids are affected. Now, I don't know what the actual numbers, but it's in the ballpark of, you know, 90% more likely to be addicted to drugs. Over 90% more likely to be promiscuous in their, in their relationships with, uh, you know, uh, whoever especially sexual relationships. You haven't even heard of that study because mainstream media has just maligned that and downplayed it and discredited the people that did, even though there were peer-reviewed professors that, you know, uh, put the data out there. And it's pretty hard to even to find the data anymore because uh, mainstream media just basically censored it right off the map. I mean, the bigotry, the bigotry against biblical morality I'm expecting, you know, that, that, that uh, anybody that's communicating biblical truth, your churches are going to get shut down. You're going to be thrown in prison in the next 30, 40 years. I mean, the threat, the threat of, of Islamists, you see what's going on in Europe right now. The threat of Islamists, it's going to happen here in, in, in North America. And the only concern from the left is whether they're going to have Wi-Fi or not in the prison camps that are set up for people that won't capitulate and, and you know, convert to Islam. But it's not just the Islamic threat here. It's, it's the, it's the, the well, let, let me read Michael Brown's latest article here on what happened with uh, Vimeo. Are you familiar with the, with the uh, uh, video service Vimeo? They're not quite as big as YouTube, but they'd love to be. And there's lots of Vimeo channels where you can, there's all sorts of independent, you know, people putting out, you know, some pretty good stuff. Vimeo is one of the biggest video channels available online of services. It's more than a channel because there's... Tens of thousands of people have regular channels on Vimeo. This is Dr. Michael Brown, and I tweeted out this article earlier tonight. If you go to uh, my uh, uh, Twitter account at JW Council, or if you go to Late Night Council Facebook page, you can get the whole article. I'm going to quote at length this article here because it is incredible. I don't have time to quote the whole thing. But Dr. Michael Brown, I've been familiar with his work for, for decades. And he's a good, solid, uh, a good, solid commentator. Checked him out several times trustworthy stuff if jesus has changed your life and set you free from homosexual practice your testimony is not welcome on vimeo not now not ever and if you see homosexuality as another aspect of sexual brokenness something for which jesus died and something from which you can be healed your opinion is not welcome on Vimeo. case closed door shut end of subject in the words of dr david cal foster director of pure passion ministries 
and himself a former homosexual. This is pure religious bigotry and censorship. Last December, Vimeo contacted Foster to inform him that some of Pure Passion's videos had been marked by a moderator since Vimeo does not allow videos that harass, incite hatred, or depict excessive violence. They instructed him to remove any and all videos of this sort from his account. He had 850 videos on Vimeo. And let him know that this and they let him know that this his account would be reviewed in 48 hours. If his ministry failed to remove the alleged allegedly offensive videos, then your videos and your account may be removed by a Vimeo moderator. But Foster's ministry is not the first to be unfairly blacklisted. In 2015, Vimeo unpublished an announcement for an upcoming Hope Conference, which featured speakers including Jane Mefford, Joe Dallas, both respected Christian leaders, with Dallas especially well-known for his ex-gay testimony. The conference was sponsored by Restored Hope Network, which is an association of ministries that help people deal with unwanted same-sex attractions. Note to the world, not everyone enjoys being attracted to the same sex. Yet this hope conference was deemed offensive and inappropriate since it proclaimed that in Jesus there was hope for change and transformation. Then, to add insult to injury, early last year Vimeo shut down Restored Hope's entire account, every single video, gone. Vimeo also shot down the account of NARTH, the, North, the National Association for Research and Therapy of Homosexuality, which is an association of psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, and therapists who have had the temerity to stand up to the PC establishment and who refuse to celebrate LGBT activism. For such a horrific ideological crime, their Vimeo account is no more. Foster was quite aware of Vimeo's history. But he was not about to go without a hearty protest. And on December 12th, the same day, he received the initial warning from Vimeo. He wrote back. You must have the wrong account. We're an award-winning Christian ministry that only posts content that helps people, not hurts them. We never defame anyone. We never incite hatred or depict violence of any kind. Our message has been one of love from start to finish. Our videos help sexual abuse victims. People have been sex trafficked. Those who are addicted or in any other condition that causes them distress. We are constantly receiving professional awards and and commendations from people who have been helped by world-class experts who populate our videos. Please cite any video that does otherwise, and we will have a second look. It would be a shame to remove the hundreds of videos that help people in very desperate circumstances, some of whom have even claimed they have been prevented from suicide by the messages of hope that we produce. The next day, Melissa B., a trust and safety coordinator responded. It seems that a number of your videos go against Vimeo's guidelines of, we also forbid content, forbid content that displays a demeaning attitude towards specific groups, including videos that promote sexual orientation change efforts. By this logic, Alcoholics Anonymous would be not be welcome on Vimeo, since their videos would be demeaning towards alcoholics, or weight loss videos would not be welcome because they shame the overweight, or testimonies of effective debt reduction strategies would not be welcome because they shame those in debt, or testimonies of Christian converts from Islam would not be welcome because they shame Muslims, just to give a few examples out of thousands. In reality, all these videos are welcome on Vimeo because none of them cross the forbidden line of saying, If you're not happy being gay or bisexual or transgender, God has a better way. That is absolutely forbidden. Do you understand why I've been... This is Michael Brown quoting now. Do you understand why I've been saying for more than a dozen years that those who came out of the closet want to put us in the closet? Foster wrote back again, that of Pure Passion Ministries. Again, you have the wrong account. We help people, 
And we are not a promoter of reparative therapy, nor do we support or recommend forced, of course, healing of any kind. Our videos simply allow people who are struggling with sexual brokenness of any kind a place to tell their story. These are often people who have been sexually abused or otherwise traumatized, and giving them a voice, we can sometimes rescue them from self-harm. There's nothing in the videos that you cited that encourages reparative therapy or that demeans anyone. We do not allow people in our videos who speak demeaningly or disparaging of anyone. In fact, we provide a life-transforming hope for people who are at risk of harming themselves because of people who have mistreated them or cast doubts on their personal journey. The testimonies of people who have been significantly helped by our videos is practically endless. Why would anyone want to censor such a voice for the broken and the helpless? So this, these letters go back between... Foster and Vimeo, okay? And finally, you know, even though, you know, their reasoning is totally unsubstantial, in my opinion, on March the 24th, all 850 videos, every single one of them was removed, and Pure Passion account was shut down. You can see why Foster described this as pure religious bigotry and censorship. Vimeo is forbidding you from agreeing with the Bible when it comes to human sin and brokenness. Vimeo is forbidding you from preaching the gospel of transformation when it comes to homosexuality. Vimeo is engaging in blatant, unapologetic, aggressive, anti-Christian censorship. Foster wrote to me privately, this is Michael Brown writing, Foster wrote to me privately pointing out that Vimeo allows videos of terrorists and pornographers. He added, put jihad in their search bar and you get 2,233 selections. Put Lust plus Vimeo in a Google search, and one option is a porn filmmaker site among 288 other sites containing 2,872 videos. Google Rape and and Vimeo, and you get 2,817 videos. Google Teen Rape and Vimeo, you get at least one rape video. They have Sugar Daddy dating sites, one a gay video, plus all kinds of gay porn videos. You could watch some of Allen Ginsberg's speech glorifying Nambla, Okay, Allen Ginsberg glorifying NAMBLA. NAMBLA is the North American Man-Boy Love Association, okay? All kinds of sex on Vimeo and porn on video. Videos that from the thumbnails are completely pornographic. Where is their concern for the girls and the boys who have been sex trafficked for such videos? Nowhere. I quoted Romans 1 earlier, professing to be wise, they became fools. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. JW Council is the Twitter account. Now, if you're just tuning in, you better listen to the podcast. You can get all the podcasts on... Uh, at LateNightCouncil.com. They'll be available later in the week. We're working on it, folks. Pretty soon we're going to be able to have them uploaded like within minutes of live broadcast. In fact, we're meeting with the tech staff this week just to pull off a stunt like that. If you're just tuning in, you missed my opening take on Vice President Mike Pence, who got in trouble for saying he never has dinner, never dines with anybody with another female that isn't his wife alone. So I thought, you know what? I got a tune. I got a tune I'm going to play. You're dedicated. He'll never hear this podcast, I doubt. Ah, stranger things have happened, but here's a, here's, a, here's a tune to dedicate to Mike Pence while I take a break, reload, and we come back and yak a little more, okay?
Now, I'm not a big country music fan, okay? But but didn't that make you feel all good inside? Come on now. Of course it did. That's uh, Randy Travis. I got a call. Who have I got on the line here? On the on the uh, Capital Region line. Who's on the line? You got Doug on the line. Hi, Doug. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. What's on your mind, buddy? Well, I was calling in about your movie reviews. And uh, I don't have a review on the shack yet, but I'm going to watch it. Oh, you're going to watch it? Well, okay, uh, Doug, I, I appreciate you calling in because you know how much I love calls. But I want to talk to somebody that's seen it. 
I know, but did I did read the book. I tried to read the book. I hated the book, and I didn't finish it. You hated the book? Why did you? I've seen the movie, but you said, you said, well, you know, maybe, uh, maybe the movie will be different. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the movie, and I'm gonna call back. In. Doug, don't go see the movie if you, if because I'm, I'm telling you to. I mean, if you didn't like the book, why would you go see the movie? Well, maybe I didn't give it a fair, uh, fair chance. What know. didn't you like about the book? It was, uh, I don't know, I just found it sounded kind of silly and silly and shallow. Um, it, it wasn't what I was expecting when I got into it. The, and, uh, the guy has his daughter murdered, and you think that's silly and shallow? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that's silly and shallow. Guy got his daughter got killed. I don't know. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, that's got, not the, that's not the. Movie, I got another movie for you to watch. Okay, what? Torchbearer. Tell me about it. So, Phil Robinson, the guy on uh, Duck Dynasty. Okay, yeah, but Robertson, yeah. Guy with a big long beard. Steve Bannon, Trump's right-hand man. Okay. So he's the director, and Phil Robinson is uh, is the star of the movie. But um, basically, it's uh, it's a movie that um, is um, is about the uh, cycles of civilization and and how civilization destructs when people turn turn away from god when when uh, we remove god from public life so the whole the whole movie is is basically showing um, times through history uh, like the the roman empire the destruction of the roman empire the french revolution uh, the beaches of normandy uh, auschwitz so uh, it's a documentary camp. yeah it's a, it's a documentary um, and where can you see it yeah. where, where can you see it who what's the delivery service is it on YouTube? Is it on Netflix? Is it in theaters? What is yeah, it? Uh... I ended up finding it on iTunes. I think it was about ten dollars or something, maybe eight, eight or ten dollars to download from. So iTunes. there's there's no way I can rent it anywhere. I don't think so. I hate uh, buying videos. Been... Yeah, me too. But <laughs> I mean, the only time I buy a video if it's really really good, and I realize, well, more people got to see this. So, but but you know, I got to see it first before I'm going to lay down the cash for it. You know. They got a trailer. They got a trailer on the on the internet. Oh, there is a trailer. Uh, torch, torch. Yeah. So if I if I Google or if I go on YouTube, if I Google uh, Torch Bear trailer, I should be able to find it. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you like uh, Duck Dynasty? From that, you'll you'll see exactly what kind of you're you're going to get. But it, it was well done, and uh, you know it it it, uh, it mainly uh, revolves around uh, the modern modern life and what's uh, you know some of the stuff that you've been talking about even even tonight mm-hmm. and, and how. How you know uh, nothing seems to be making sense anymore. Uh, you know we've we've uh, taken God out of a lot of our uh, society and uh, and um, you know we we seem to be uh, governed by fools, right? Foolish uh, foolish hearts. Uh, what's that Romans uh, verse? Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Exactly. That's what it says. So so Doug, do you like Duck Dynasty? Did you watch Duck Dynasty when it was on? Really? A fair number of those shows. I, I had no no uh, issues with them. It was kind of. Uh, I never watched Duck Dynasty. But <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just I'm just trying to figure you out here, Doug. You're saying the sh- the the book The Shack was was too shallow, but you're a fan of Duck Dynasty. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's kind of I don't know that. I that, like my reading more in depth. Oh my goodness! Well, you certainly don't like your TV more in depth if you're a big Duck Dynasty fan, because. I mean, I have a lot of respect for the Robertson boys and the whole crew there because I know a little bit about their story. But the show itself, 
I mean, the only people that, that were really getting turned on by it were like uh, 12 and 13-year-old boys in junior high because it's nothing but junior high pranks almost. Yeah, I don't think Just the kind of TV you like, right, Doug? Are you there, Doug? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that all you wanted to talk about? Bit of a bad connection. Really? Yep. No, that was it. I can hear you. You're doing well. Thanks for calling in, Doug. Good having you on. There goes Doug. 343-700-4390. You could call in just like Doug. Whoa. I'm going to have to have to tech guys you know, do something about my calls, uh, the volume of my calls here, because they seem to be really, really low. And I'm not a tech guy. And when I do the show, I don't have a call operator. I don't have a, uh, a screener or anything like that. It's an automated system that screens calls. And if all, uh, um, if all Toronto breaks loose here, um, you know, there's not much I can do. And uh, uh, Nick Vandergrack, he uses the same studio. And Nick is even less technical than I am. There's been a couple times where he's gone off the air and we haven't known why. And uh, i got to come and, you know, try and help him here. Like, what's going on? And we usually get it up and going, but uh, uh, we'll work on that. It's a work in progress, folks. And progress is slow, but progress is being made. Progress is being made. And especially on the website. The website is about as primitive as you can get. If all you're using a website for is just so you can broadcast on the air and post, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, some podcasts with absolutely no frills whatsoever, that's what the Late Night Council website is right now. But it's not always going to be that way. Help us on the way. Ooh, we're going to add some bells and whistles. And uh, you keep listening to the information breaks, you know, as we as we do them. And uh, uh, more stuff when we get back, okay? Hang in there. It's a late-night council. It's Ask the Pastor. And, you know, we've got the technology happening here that even if I'm on a break, I can take your emails, I can take your calls, and we'll put you on hold and get yakking at you and have all the problems of the world solved by 11 o'clock or triple your money back. 343, that's 343 743390 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. That's for all across North America. Like faraway places. Mechanic, New Brunswick. Ratio, Arkansas. Santa Claus, Georgia. Or Low Wassel, Missouri. 1-844-562-4766. Right back after some important stuff. Stay with us. Reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 
1-844-LNC-IS-ON. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play, or just click the Listen Live button at latenightcouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Now that's a tune. I gotta dig up that tune and play that entire tune for in its entirety some uh, some late night council night. That tune is 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 by a a, a Christian rock artist from the eighties called uh, or the nineties can't remember Steve Taylor, and it's called Meltdown at Madame Tussauds. Look it up on YouTube. I'm sure he's got a video of it there. Meltdown at Madame Tussauds. It got terrific message, too. Really, 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 really good message. In fact, the message is better than the tune. He sings about all these celebrities, and they're all melting, and they're all going down the same drain. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's pretty tongue-in-cheek, but not bad. Yeah, kind of a little bit like this show is sometimes. <laughs> 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. Open line, open topic, all the way to 11 o'clock. Hey, you know what? I, I may shut her down before 11. I don't know. If I don't get calls and I run out of stuff, and which has hardly, I don't think it's ever happened. I think it might have happened all oh, when we were broadcasting from the other studio online, and I think there was one night that, that uh, I just felt like packing it in at about 1045. 
<laughs> Which is cool. You can do it, you know, because, like, and I don't have, you know, if we had sponsors, okay, if we had, we don't have sponsors yet. We're still looking for sponsors, trying to, you know, keep this thing going as best we can, okay? If we had sponsors, I wouldn't pull that. I wouldn't. Because, you know, they've paid to, look at, if you, if you buy time on this show, you are never going to be shortchanged. If anything, you're going to get more ads than you pay for. Okay, but I wouldn't pull that stunt on uh, if we had, had sponsors. And then one night, I remember the power went out in the whole facility. We couldn't get the thing going for nothing. I think we only got like, uh, oh, an hour and 15 minutes in. But that hasn't happened since we moved to Sunday night exclusively. And, and I don't know, I, I guess you're enjoying it because our numbers are great for the Sunday night show. I feel much more refreshed, and, and it's, 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 it's easy to do. It's fun to do, and I'm enjoying it immensely. We're not getting as many callers as we did. Uh, of course, we're not on, you know, like uh, five nights a week, and, and uh, but it, I don't care. Hey, you're tuned in. Good to have you here. You can tell your friends, tweet about us, you know, and uh, if you like us, and uh, tell us what you think. And, hey, if you don't like something we're doing, just, just let me know, you know. You're going to get quicker feedback with me doing it this way than uh, ever before. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390, 4766 it's 1-844-562-4766 for all across North America. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. you got to keep it under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com for the email. And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. I had a good email tonight. I haven't had any tweets I can use yet. Some common sense. Some really good common sense. From an unlikely source that, that, you know, well, I can't say unlikely because I have quoted Bill Mahar. I, I, I'm told I pronounce his name wrong. Forgive me for that. Bill Maher, Maher, Maher the, the atheist guy, you know. It's quite funny sometimes, though. And I find him to be a pretty honest atheist. Especially when I hear him coming up with stuff like this. Now, Doug just called in, you know, about... Uh, 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 yeah, you know, the, the craziness of the culture. And, and almost every uh, Monday night, it seems like we can be using Romans 1 as a theme here for just about every Sunday night, we, we, we're talking Romans 1 and how messed up the culture is. And the culture doesn't have answers either. It's not getting any better. I mean, if you can solve your problems by throwing money at them, you don't have any problems. And our problems of, of, of poverty and crime and immorality... And not knowing what the difference between right or wrong anymore is. I mean, it's corruption in government. Oh, my goodness. Corruption on media. You don't know who to believe anymore. Nobody's trustworthy. Well, when you abandon truth, what do you think the result's going to be? I don't like truth. I don't like what it says about me. I want to have my own truth. Well, when everybody's got their own truth, guess what? You don't have truth anymore. You got anarchy. You got a mess. And we have a moral. We have moral anarchy now. We have a moral mess. Teach, teaching kids as young as like seven and eight years old. There's, you know, 24 genders. My goodness. Back to Bill Maher. Liberal television personality Bill Maher is again expressing his disgust with the political correctness of fellow liberals regarding Islamic terrorism. Noting that he never hears someone scream Merry Christmas before a bomb explodes. Yeah, I haven't heard that either. Two nights ago on his Friday night show, 
Real time, the 60-year-old atheist comedian took issue with the charge that Christianity and Islam are essentially the same when it comes to religion spawn terrorism. Have you heard that, Krakahui? Oh, yeah, there's just as many Christian ter- Oh, come on. And, and, you know, thank God for an atheist like Bill Mahar to, to, to set the record straight. In the wake of the attack outside of the Parliament buildings in London where a British-born Muslim man named Khalid Massoud rammed his car into a crowd of pedestrians, killing four, including one American, Meyer said, people ought not pretend this has nothing to do with Islam, the religion. Louis Mensch, a former conservative member of the British Parliament and a columnist for Heat Street, disagreed. It has nothing to do with Islam, the same way Timothy McVeigh had nothing to do with Roman Catholicism, Mensch said. Maher agitated, agitated, persisted. Every time some bomb goes off, before it goes off, somebody yells, Allahu Akbar. I never hear anybody go, Merry Christmas. This one's for the flying nun. I agree with him. I've never heard it either. Maher went on. Are there Christian terrorist armies now, like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Al-Shabaab, Boko Haram? Are there armies like that in the world that aren't Muslim? Can we get real? In Europe, it happened about 10 years ago where, you know, people ran for political office and they took positions of, of a lot of power, kind of masking the fact that, the, you know, they were sympathizing to Islamist terrorist groups. They portrayed themselves as so-called moderate Muslims. So now you have all sorts of laws that are different in Europe now, and you have, you have the, the, the Islamist invasion of Europe that is, that is going exactly according to plan. And they have the same plans for North America. Now, there may be hope for North America because North America is still, is still a little more, just a little more actively Christian in its practice and in its morality than Europe was when this started. You know, the, the agenda to take over Europe was, was, I mean, it was spoken about and communicated for 10, 15, 10, 15 years ago. The actual implementation in the last three years is, is where, you know, they could take over Europe without even firing a shot. Because there are their people, you know, infiltrating form, levels of government and, and, you know, so-called political correctness and tolerance and liberal, you know, everybody's right theology is a sitting duck to be taken over by a far more robust ideology, which Islamism is. I mean, the, the poster boy, the poster boy for an ideology that does not know what it stands for is, is Justin Trudeau. And to get votes, it, it's of his. Everybody knows that he courted the Islamist vote. He was going into mosques in his home riding in Montreal that were known supporters of terrorist activity. And you got the second most powerful in our foreign affairs ministry, uh, the second most powerful uh, deputy uh, minister in our foreign affairs ministry, who's been a supporter of, of Islamist groups right out in the open. So the agenda is there for Canada as well. And this has happened because our nation has abandoned its moral roots. It's abandoned its understanding of what is right and what is wrong. And when you don't know what right or wrong is anymore, everybody's right and everybody's wrong. And you become a sitting duck for a much more robust and nefarious ideology to implement itself and literally take over. It's what's going on in Europe right now, and there's nothing, there seems to be nothing that can stop it here. In North America, outside of a of a moral and spiritual revolution, 
And I'm not talking, when I talk about a moral and spiritual revolution, I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about protests. I'm talking about a return to what, you know, made our, 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 our continent great. I'm not talking about capitalism. I'm not talking about, you know, right-wing conservatism. I'm talking about embracing, you know, when the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach to many people. We're not talking about a political ideology. In fact, I would suggest if, you're, if you think that, you know, electing your favorite leader is going to change things, it's not going to change things at all. We have corrupt hearts. We have corrupt leaders because all they care about is power. There's no inward compass. There's no spiritual backbone that governs, you know, their behavior when nobody's looking. A guy refuses to be, you know, to go to dinner with anybody except his wife, the vice president of the states, and he gets maligned. He gets maligned. And that same media that that vilifies this guy makes a hero out of a guy out of a president that has bed down dozens that were his wife. He's considered a hero. Psalm 146.3, do not put your trust in princess and human beings who cannot save. Proverbs 28 and 2, when a country is rebellious, it has many rulers, but a man of understanding and knowledge maintains order. Proverbs 29.2, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, people groan. Isaiah 1.23, your rulers are rebels, companions of thieves. They all love bribes and chase after gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. 343-743-90. I don't really like getting political on the show. I'm really bored with that. I mean, there's a reason why I only do Ask the Pastor on Sunday nights now. I don't do, you know, the, the, the political stuff. Because there's no hope in the political process. There's no hope in picketing, Okay. Unless people turn back to God, unless people go back to what, you know, made the continent great, where people were honest, where you didn't have to lock your doors all the time. Why? Because they had a moral compass that taught, you know, the Ten Commandments were taught. Stealing is wrong. I remember going to high school in the 70s, and, you know, we had all these sociology courses, and, you know, everything was questioning immorality. Well, you know, is stealing wrong? You know, list all the times when, you know, stealing might be right. Bending morality, situational ethics, eroding the moral absolutes that, you know, uh, protected us from evil. And we've abandoned that. We've walked away from it. And now, we, now, we, now kids don't even know whether they're male or female anymore. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety eight four four one eight four four. 562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. Got a great tune for you here. Another great tune. In the midst of, you want to know what, you want to know what a spiritual revolution is? You want to know what uh, 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 a spiritual, I would say, pushback? Well, I've given you some country tunes tonight. I've given you a nostalgic baseball tune time is it? it's quarter after 10 eastern time for a little rock and roll little rock and roll with some message right back after this stay tuned
can be a righteous rocker or a holy roller. You can be most anything. You can be a Leon Russell or a super muscle. You can be a corporate king. You can be a wealthy man from Texas or a witch with heavy hexes. But without love, you ain't nothing. Without love, without love, you ain't nothing. Without love, you can be a brilliant surgeon or a sweet young.
I guess I have a penchant for Larry Norman. I'm a, I'm a big Larry Norman fan. Who's Larry Norman? Uh, type his name in Google. Oh, this information age we're in, boy. Reminds me of a, of a short story Isaac Asimov wrote. I'll tell you about it if I have time before we uh, run out of time tonight. Uh, but I've just come across something on Twitter. Now, um, uh, people aren't, uh, you know, twitting to me, but uh, uh, I do have a, a really good friend, and uh, he's still at TSN, and he would not mind me sharing this because he's tweeted out a bunch of stuff. Uh, if you if you are listening for the Capital Region and you're a sports fan, our local sports station here is TSN 1200. And uh, a lot of good guys are guys I just love. In fact, uh, the guys at TSN 1200 are the guys I miss the most, uh, you know, since I got let go at uh, Bell Media at CFRA. And uh, Steve Warren and John Rodenberg uh, do the morning show. They used to do it with Jim Jerome and, and T. Gore, T-G-O-R, three guys on the radio. And the third guy is Matt Hamer. And, uh, you know, we all used to play baseball together when I first uh, came to Ottawa. And uh, uh, good guys. Steve Warren is, uh, has got an autistic son. And I guess he's got to be, oh, he's got to be 18 or 19 or 20 now. And Steve you know, has been involved in all sorts of uh, fundraisers to raise awareness for autism. And uh, every once in a while, he'll tweet stuff out about uh, experiences he has with his son who has autism. And, and I just find them fantastic. I love a guy who's in the public eye and just the way he communicates his love for his son it's one of the most inspiring things that you can you can peruse here in the capital region. And I want to give out his tweet handle, okay? It's TSN Steve. That's all it is. Now, he's always tweeting about the senators, and he's got a great sense of humor. He's joking around all the time, and he's a good guy. But when it comes to his son, this guy is as is, is good a parent. You know, if there's a parenting award in, in, uh, you know, in the Ottawa region, I'm sure there is. This guy needs to be nominated for it. I got to share this with you. Tell me if this isn't just pure gold here. And this is over the course of eight tweets. Those of you that are not familiar with Twitter, when you tweet, you can only do 140 characters. And if you've got a longer message, you've got to kind of go one, two, three. And this is eight tweets here, and I'm going to read it to you. This is, this, is, this is Ask the Pastor stuff here. I just love this. When our son Michael was very young, we were told by an autism expert that we should prepare for the possibility he may never speak. We fought sadness, prayed for a cure, ran fundraisers, fought the system, joined the system, and any autism program we could find. We found many great programs, but also spent tens of thousands of dollars on autism quacks with magic beans. Somewhere we stopped crying over what he wasn't. We woke the hell up and began enjoying what he was. The happiest person we know. We foster that by joining in his favorite activities, unusual as they may be. Today, it was our Sunday drive to look at electrical towers. As we passed a farm, he watched the animals closely for a while, then chuckled, those sheep and cows are in a bad mood. Get the sheep bad, cows mood. We laughed loudly loudly with him. Remembered with deep gratitude just how wrong that early nonverbal prognosis was. Hashtag, I guess today's World Autism Day. My wife is a teacher at Chio, and she's had the privilege of uh, tutoring autistic kids as well. 
and we've had we've had a lot of involvement in my family with t- autism and and Steve when I was you know uh, um, um, uh, working at the radio station and, and I'd run into him we would often have discussions about our experiences and uh, I'll tell you and I just I messaged him on Twitter while I was on air here during one of the breaks I just I just love the way this this guy communicates with his son and and, and how he he, he he communicates with the world just and I've seen them interact together as well. It is it is just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And um, you got to be made of something pretty special. I've never really had the opportunity to talk to Steve about matters of faith, but there's something going on there. I think there's got to be something going on there because the guy's made of pretty good stuff. And anytime I see stuff like that, I, I like to, to shine the light on it. I like to celebrate it. I like to, with all the negative in the world, with all the bad stuff that's going on, and all the deception and the corruption and everything, when I come across a story like that, it's, uh, you know, it's worth sharing. It really is. What's the biblical perspective on that? Philippians 4.8. Do you know Philippians 4.8? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I should haul that one out. You know, I've, I've read the Bible through a lot, but... Uh, I've never been, you know, too good at memorization. And I like to look it up because I don't want to miss any of it. Here's Philippians 4.8. This is good stuff. Actually, I'm going to give you Philippians 4. I'm going to give you the context of it so I can set up 8 really well, you know? It's like one of those highlight real hockey goals, you know? They don't show you what the guy just put the puck in. They'd like to see, like, the three or four passes that lead up to it, okay? So that's what you're going to get here. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then here comes number eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, you know what the implication is there. There's all kinds of garbage, there's all kinds of slander, and all kinds of, you know, just negative, negative. And I'm not, I'm not advocating a faith where your head is in the clouds, and, you know, you're so, earthly, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good, okay? Because I find that people that are truly heavenly minded are much, 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 much better earthly good. It's talking about being somebody that, that, that has a positive impact on other people, that has an encouraging impact on other people. I mean, you ever talk, you ever come across people that are always negative? You know, they're always looking for the, you know, the, the cynical and skeptical and talk radio is full of that, isn't it? Hey, I can even be that way. I know that, but it does nothing for my soul if I don't have a balance. I mean, it's, it's, it's proper to be truthful, but you can be truthful in a way that just leaves everybody scarred and, and, and doubting and, and, you know, it doesn't build up faith. It doesn't, you know, you can draw a lot more, you can draw a lot more uh, uh, flies with honey than you can with vinegar, you know? Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That is the Capital Region line. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's the long distance line for all across North America. One eight four four five six two 
4766. Oh, my goodness. It's another. Uh, it's another time for a, a, an information break. So I'm going to do that. Get a drink of water. Look at the emails. See if there's anything fresh. Look at the tweets. See if I got any more Steve Warren gems. You check out his Twitter account. TSN Steve. And uh, you need what you you do what you need to do, and uh, we'll be back right after the info break. Stay with us. and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC is on. That's one 844 562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there.
Just uh, just looking up Isaac Asimov, I mentioned that a short story that he wrote, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. I kind of liked his stuff when I was younger. He's the guy that wrote I, Robot, probably his most famous work that they, uh, they did a movie of with Will Smith. Um, and, and I used to like reading his stuff when I was younger. He died in 1992. He was 72 years old. The guy was, uh, he had a number of uh, degrees. I think he had a physics degree and a chemistry degree. Okay, I'm looking at his education and his career and, you know, just got all kinds of, his guy was brilliant, okay? And um, my thoughts uh, on Isaac Asimov tonight were prompted by, well, here I am, you know, I want to know information on Isaac Asimov. And while the music's playing, I'm on Wikipedia, and I got his entire life story in front of me. Everything you need to know. Now, Wikipedia, I know, sometimes they get their facts wrong. But it's pretty good. It's a pretty good starting point for you to, you know, dig deeper, because it always lists references and other websites that you can uh, dig deeper. I mean, this information age we live in... uh, 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 I carry around on my iPhone more computing power. I think the last stats I heard is like 10 to 20 times more computing power in my iPhone than all the computer power that was available, you know, to send Apollo 11 to the moon and back. And it's amazing. It's mind-blowing. In fact, you want a biblical perspective on it. There's a scripture in Daniel that talks about the last days. I think it's Daniel 12 and 4. And it's a... And I've, you know, heard a number of prophecy teachers over the years talk about this verse. And it is chilling. It has been more fulfilled now than at any other time in history, okay? Listen to this, okay? And he talks about the prophecies that, he'd been given, that he's been giving. And, and, and the angel says to Daniel, Daniel, roll up and seal the, world's, the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Now, the, older tra- the King James translation of that used to say that in the last days, knowledge shall increase. But more accurate to the original Hebrew is that at the time of the end, many will go here and there to increase the knowledge. I could go around the entire world 25 times, right, you know, from the comfort of this studio here. I've got three computers in front of me right now and an iPhone. I can get all the bases covered, every information, anything I need to know about what's going on in the world, anywhere I can get right away. I can go around the world to increase the knowledge. That scripture is more fulfilled now than ever before. So, John, why are you bringing up Isaac Asimov? Well, he wrote a story. I can't remember what the title was, but it, I think it was in the 50s or the 60s. It was one of his first... Uh, uh, um, one of his first... Now, remember, the guy was an atheist. The guy wasn't a believer in God or anything, and... Uh, Brilliant mind, though, and uh, it was uncannily prophetic. And the story goes of this advanced civilization that lived, you know, a long, long time ago and far, far, far away. And uh, again, this is this is long before even, you know, computers. Never mind, you know, the information age of the internet. This is 50s, 60s, when a computer 
that would have as much power as my iPhone 6 here would probably take up three city blocks. Shows you much insight this guy had. He writes a story about this ancient civilization that builds the ultimate computer, the ultimate machine. Okay? And uh, this ultimate machine, they want it to be more brilliant and more smarter than all the known scientists. So every scientist on this planet contributed to building this supercomputer that was super smart and had information on everything. And uh, they would, you know, this thing kind of made government decisions, and, and it was so smart that it, uh, it, it, it solved their economic problems. And, uh, I mean, of course, Asimov is coming from a totally humanistic and atheist perspective, living, you know, uh, uh, believing, you know, the, 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 believing the canard that, you know, like JFK, you've heard me quote him on this program before, man has uh, uh, created all his problems, man can solve all his problems. Asimus believed that, okay? So that's the ideology he's coming from. Nevertheless, this computer that this alien race made, you know, solved all his problems. And, and, and one day, the, 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 the greatest minds, after the, this computer had, been, had proved itself to be reliable to, you know, make all their major decisions for us, for them, um, had been years in operation, and the greatest minds um, asked it a question. Who created the universe? Well, the computer starts working on it, you know, and, and uh, working and working, and, you know, usually it would get answers within, you know, seconds. Well, it's not seconds. It's, it's taken a while. Two or three hours later, and, of course, they're thinking... We've never seen this computer work on a logical problem like this. Three hours later, it comes back and says, through the communication system, I need more time. I need more information to answer. So they left it. And meanwhile, the years go by, and they upgrade this computer, make it even smarter, make it even smarter. And, and uh, because of its intelligence and its influence in their life, they 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 colonize other planets. And... Uh, you know, they, they advance their technology, and, and uh, still this thing is an influence in their life, and they establish a, a communication system from this computer that is intergalactic where they can get access to it anytime they want. And, uh, uh, and hundreds of years later, the greatest minds of this alien race that's now populating dozens of planets, they come together again, and, and they ask, who created the universe? How was the universe created? Well, you know, because it's so, it's so brilliant and, you know, it's, uh, uh, they figured they're going to get, and they had record of this question being asked 100 years before. They thought, thought it was time to answer it again. And the computer worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. And then it's taken more than just hours. And, again, they'd never seen, you know, it, uh, it, it develop a program like, you know, develop a problem, a problem and work on a problem like this. And, and it took days this time. Two or three days later, the computer comes back with the information. And the answer is, I need more information. Can't answer right now. I need more information. So they let it go, and the years went by, the decades went by, and now the computer took up the entire space of the planet, occupied the entire planet, and they had colonized, you know, hundreds of planets now. And their galactic their galactic information network was almost instant, flawless, in that they could get an answer to them anytime they wanted, and it was governing entire solar like galaxies now. This supreme intelligence and the greatest minds collectively, even though they were scattered about, they came again to the, to the question of this computer. 
that governed their society, and they credited as their, you know, the advancement and the wonderful life that they had been given by this intelligence. How was the universe created? Who created the universe? And computers started working on it and worked on it and worked on it and worked on it worked on it. Weeks, months, still no answer. Finally, after about a year, came back with the same answer. I need more information. I need more information. So they felt, you know, I guess we don't need to know. Years went by, centuries went by. Now the computer is not even confined to a planet. It's in another dimension. It figured out with, you know, this alien race how to transcend dimensions and how to dwell in another dimension where it's not even taking up physical space of a planet. And it is everywhere at the same time. Thousands of planets populated by this alien race that's spread all over the galaxy. And all they have to do is think the thought, hey, computer, how do I make a... How do I make a perfect souffle? And communication is instant because everybody's got uh, uh, this, this dimensional implant in them that they can have perfect communication with this. It's not even a, a computer. It's like a presence that permeates everything across the galaxy in another dimension. Instant access to information. Instant access to, to all of the universe's knowledge. And collectively, the question is posed again. Hundreds and hundreds of years after the first question, how was the universe created? Who created the universe? And anybody that asked the question collectively, they could, they could sense from their implants and from how this, the intelligence that permeated in another dimension, it was working, was working, it was working. Sure, it was answering questions. Sure, it was continuing to run all the information systems. But everybody knew that it was working on this, and it worked, it worked, it worked. Months went by, nothing. Years went by, nothing. Still working on it, still working on it. Stars are starting to die out thousands of years later, tens of thousands of years later. Civilizations are dying. This once great alien race is imploding. And yet this presence that's in another dimension and yet in perfect contact and communication with them is still working on it, still working on it, still working on it. Long after the people who asked the original question the last time, they're dead and gone and their descendants are dead and gone. Tens of thousands of years, millions of years, millions of years. Now the universe is dying. The entire universe is imploding on itself. And yet this intelligence that's in another dimension is working, 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 working. And after, after billions of years, finally, finally this intelligence has the answer. And it's ready to communicate, but there's nobody to communicate to. Its creator has died long, long, long ago. The stars have burnt out. There's just nothingness in space. Its intelligence has no one to communicate the answer to who created and how created the universe. So this intelligence decides to answer the question by demonstrating how the universe was created. So the intelligence proclaims, let there be light and the universe starts all over again you get that kind of insidious way a guy who doesn't believe in god reduces god to something that man created i mean that is the ultimate man is god story right there that is the ultimate you know we are capable of anything 
He's not too far gone either. Here's a, I'll give you the biblical perspective on it. I certainly don't believe that ideology. And if you've listened to this program enough, you know that, uh, you know, man has got a lot of flaws, but boy. I'm looking at uh, the Tower of Babel, the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis. And if you know anything about the Tower of Babel, it is... Uh, it is basically man giving God the finger. You know what I mean by that? You know? Like, we don't need God. We're building this tower to make a name for ourselves. It's rebellion against God. So the people that are building the Tower of Babel, they have no relationship with God. If anything, they hate God. They don't like him. They don't like his morality. Very similar to Romans 1, what we've been talking about most of the night tonight. Basically, the culture we're in right now, wanting to, wanting to censor out and wanting to malign and persecute any semblance of God. That's the culture that built the Tower of Babel. Now, this is one of the most chilling scriptures you will ever read in the Bible. Because it has a record of God taking on some type of form and coming down to see the progress. And look what he says. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, now remember, this is the Lord talking now. This is God. This is not Isaac Asimov, okay? This is not Bill Maher. This is not Christopher Hitchens. This is, this is the authority, okay? This is all-powerful God saying this. If, as one people speaking the same language... They have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God makes a declaration of man. Because, you know, there's a lot of Christians that malign humanists and malign people that, you know, uh, you know, human achievement and how it doesn't happen without God. But God says, and remember, this bunch wasn't working in cooperation with God. This was basically a tower that was a, the middle finger to God. They hated God. They wanted a name for themselves. But God says of them... That nothing, if they are united under one language, not, nothing, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. That's how powerful man is without God. Even God says that. One of the greatest evidences that man is created in the image of God. When God makes that declaration in Genesis 11, verse 6. You can look it up for itself. It's there. And then he goes down and confuses their tongues. And that's what languages are started. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. It's Ask the Pastor on Late Night Council. We're running out of time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, how the time is flying. Do you want to hear a real nice story? No, I'll give you the Isaac Asimov story. And when we come back, we're not going to have a lot of time. But you know it's worth it. Sometimes I like to play a song that's got a real good story. Okay? It's a really, really, really good story. The first time I heard this, I, I bawled like a baby. It was, oh, such a good, good story. Well, listen, I'll let you... We'll listen to that, and then we'll, we'll yak it at, uh, at you, and maybe we'll have some calls. And we're only going to have a few minutes left, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of you that are still on the line listening right now. It's worth staying up for just, just to listen to Randy Travis's classic, Three Wooden Crosses. Listen to this. A farmer and a teacher a hooker and a preacher Riding on a midnight bus Bound for Mexico 
One was headed for vacation, one for higher education, and two of them were searching for lost souls. That driver never ever saw the stop sign, and eighteen wheelers can't stop on a dime. There are three wooden crosses. On the right side of the highway, why there's not four of them, heaven only knows. I guess it's not what you take when you leave this world behind you. It's what you leave behind you when you go. That farmer left to harvest a home in eighty acres. Faith and love for growing things in his young son's heart, and that teacher left her wisdom in the minds of lots of children, and did her best to give 'em all a better start. And that preacher whispered, "Can't you see the promised land?" As he laid his blood-stained Bible in that hooker's hand. There are three wooden crosses on the right side of the highway. Why there's not four of them, heaven only knows. I guess it's not what you take when you leave this world behind you. It's what you leave behind you when you go. That's the story that our preacher told last Sunday. As he held that blood-stained Bible up for all of us to see, he said, "Bless the farmer and the teacher and the preacher who gave this Bible to my mama, who read it to me." There are three wooden crosses on the right side of the highway. Why there's not four of them? Now I guess we know. It's not what you take when you leave this world behind you. It's what you leave behind you when you go. There are three wooden crosses on the right side of the highway. Like that story? I love that song. Like I said, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big country music fan, but uh, man, I love that song. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. If you want to squeeze in a call just before we got a call tonight, oh, we're running out of time. And one eight four four five six two four seven six six is long distance. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at late night council dot com. You got to get it in right away because again, if it's not, yeah, I'm probably not going to have time to take any more emails or tweets. You know, you got to call in if you want to get the last word tonight. You got to call in. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. 
You ever heard of the Peter Principle? The Peter Principle. It's 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 a widely recognized um, principle in, in 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 business. The Peter Principle teaches that you rise to your level of incompetence. In other words, you keep getting promotions, you keep getting more responsibility thrown at you, you keep getting more important jobs until you get to a job where you're in over your head and you can't advance anymore. The Peter Principle. And whenever I've heard about the Peter Principle, I think about Peter in the Bible. I mean, here's a guy that I think he's everybody's favorite, you know? He's so bold. He's so fearless. You know, he's a champion of Christ. But if you read the gospel account, the guy's such a jerk, too. He really is. Now, the Catholics believe that he was the first pope. When Scripture, you know, teaches, and, and honest historians will tell you that it was James, the brother of Christ, that was the head of the church in Jerusalem. And the Gospels explicitly, explicitly describe Christ's brothers. He has four brothers, and he names them, and James is one of them. James had not yet converted to, you know, the faith until after the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't take away from the greatness of Peter. He was a jerk. He really was. Remember, he's the guy that that Jesus said to, get behind me, Satan. You were not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. He's the guy that says to Jesus, I will never fail you. I will never deny you. And he gets intimidated by a servant girl, you know, to the point where he publicly denies Christ three times. They're coming to get him in the garden. The guy pulls a sword, and he hacks off the the high priest's servant's ear. Now, I don't think he was trying to. I think the guy. I think he was trying to kill the guy. I think he was going for the jugglers. The guy ducked and he sliced his ear off. And Jesus healed the guy's ear. This is Peter, like a wonderful example of Christ likeness. Jesus is walking across the water. They think it's a ghost, and he calls out to them. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me come come to you. What, are you crazy? Look, look at how bold the guy is. He steps out of the boat, starts walking starts walking on water, and then he gets maligned because he starts sinking, and Jesus has got to pull him out. He's the guy that boldly preaches on the day of Pentecost. You know, the same people that, that crucified Christ, he gets up and he preaches and says, you're the people that... Uh, crucified him. And this Christ that you crucified has risen from the dead, and we're witnesses of that. I mean, bold. 3,000 people are added to the church. And then just a few years later, he's capitulating to legalistic Judaizers, people that teach that, you know, you can't follow Christ unless you get circumcised. And Paul confronts him and corrects him. I mean, Peter's life, he's up and down like a yo-yo. He really is. And yet, you know, he finishes well. He finishes really, really well, according to Christ standards. Guy didn't pastor a big church, except, except it didn't pastor a big church, but some of the biggest churches in the world are named after him. He finished well. You know how he finished? They crucified him upside down. They were going to crucify him like his Lord because he was such a fervent follower of Christ. But he said, I'm not worthy to be, to die the same as my Lord. And they said, okay, we'll turn you upside down. And they crucified him on an upside down cross. If ever there was a guy who fulfilled 
Romans 8 and 29 that says that our purpose in life is to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's for Christ followers. It was Peter. Interesting how greatness in the Bible is so different from the way our culture measures greatness. I love the subversive quality of it. I love it how it just, it's so counterculture. It's so smack in the face of what, you know, culture says is right and wrong and cool and acceptable. And the Bible comes along and says, uh-uh, nope, that's not the way it is. And yet I know of no other ism, no other story that has the transforming power of realizing that you're a sinner and Christ can free you of your sin. And he listens to your prayers and he comes in and makes everything new. Nothing touches it. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Always up. Always a delightful, a delightful panic coming into your iPhone, iPad, computer, listening to Bluetooth in the car, however you're connecting with us. Tell your friends about it. We'll be back at it next week at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. Nick at night is right here on this exchange Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. And, of course, you can get all our shows and podcasts. Have an awesome evening.